This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn. First up, a look into the ongoing call to separate the role of the AG and the public prosecutor and why that matters. Yeah, so you said ongoing. Let's start with the latest. Last week, Pasigurang MP Hassan Abdul Karim urged Prime Minister Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob to separate the AG's concurrent functions as Chief Legal Advisor uh, to the government and Public Prosecutor before calling a general election. He said that elections should be held next year after amending the federal constitution to do this and said all parties can agree to this and that if the PM wants a reason to push through the reform, he only needs to listen to the dissatisfaction of UMNO leaders and grassroots members about recent court cases involving the party's members. Now, for reference, Idris Harun is the current Attorney General. He was appointed by the previous government of Muhyiddin Yassin. So... In relation to those court cases involving the AMNO party members, uh, there has been a call to revive, uh, or rather a push to revive the criminal cases involving Pakatan Harapan members, right? So last week, AMNO Supreme Council member Isham Jalil said that they would be reviving 15 criminal cases uh, involving Pakatan Harapan folks, uh, which was said to have been dropped by Tommy Thomas, who was AG appointed by PH back in 2018. So um, Ahmad Zaid Hamidi also said that when Pakatan Harapan had carried out Selective prosecution, uh, saying that he and other AMNO leaders have been put on trial, but that Tommy Thomas had dropped corruption charges against several Pakatan leaders, among them former Penang Chief Minister and DAP Secgen Lim Guan Eng, uh, whose corruption charges were dropped mid-trial. So. Last year as well, uh, in October, electoral watchdog Berse published a report which called for, for this very thing, right? The immediate separation of the offices of the AG and public prosecutor. And the stated reason at the time was to remove political influence from the Malaysian criminal justice system. Uh, the report, which is called Reforming the Office of Attorney General and the Judicial and Legal Service in Malaysia, used the example of the sudden dismissal of the then AG, Tan Sri Abdul Ghani Patayal, in 2015 and the actions of his successor, Tan Sri Apandi Ali in clearing former PM Datuk Sri Najib Razak of all criminal offences in relation to the 1MDB scandal at that time. We, of course, know things have changed since then. And uh, just by the by, Live and Learn uh, on our station covered this yesterday with Thomas Fan, chairperson of Bursay. That podcast can be found by searching for Orang Dia, why we need to separate AG and public prosecutor. You can look for that on bfm.my or on our app. So, all of which to say, I think this is a conversation, as you said, um, as we've said multiple times, there have been multiple calls to get mm. this done um, and perhaps with increased urgency as we head towards the next GE, right? Um, and so we will be unpacking why that's so important. We would like to hear from you. Would you like to see the roles of the AG and public prosecutor separated? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp or send us a voice note at 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with lawyer Andrew Young, so keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Banish fraudulent manoeuvres, BFM 89.9. It's 5.11, you're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Lynn, and we're discussing calls to separate the roles of the AG and public prosecutor. Uh, so send your thoughts in. Would you like to see this happen? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp or send us a voice note at 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, joining us now on the line is lawyer Andrew Yong, who authored the report titled Reforming the Office of Attorney General and the Judicial and Legal Service.
service in Malaysia. Andrew, good to have you with us. So I want to start with defining these roles. What does the AG do and how does this role differ from that of public prosecutor? So basically, the, the Attorney General is the legal advisor, the principal legal advisor to the federal government. So he provides three main services. Uh, the first is legal advice. The second is legal representation. Uh, and the third is legal drafting. To give you an example, if the federal government has a dispute with the Selangor state government, then what the Attorney General will do is he will advise the federal government on the dispute. He will represent the federal government in court against the Selangor state government. And thirdly, if there needs to be any legislation as a result uh, of, of the dispute, then he will draft the legislation uh, on behalf of the federal government. So those are the three main services that the Attorney General provides. Now, in his role as public prosecutor, which is a which in many countries is a separate role, he's in charge of uh, looking at investigation papers that are sent to him by the police or by the MACC and deciding whether to prosecute or not to prosecute, and then conducting the prosecution in court uh, and handling any appeals as well. So you, the typical example of this would be the, the recent prosecution of Najib uh, Raza, which obviously is a matter that most Malaysians and uh, internationally feel should be handled impartially or independently. So before we move further, tell us more about how the Attorney General is selected. In most countries that follow the Westminster system, the Attorney General is someone from the governing party. Because generally when you select your legal advisor, you want it to be someone who agrees and is sympathetic to your aims and objectives, your political objectives. So in the UK and in Australia, for example, the Attorney General is normally a member of the governing party in Parliament. In Malaysia, we started off with a position where the Attorney General was an independent legal advisor who had the same security of tenure as a federal court judge. In other words, he could not be sacked. He was an independent civil servant and he retired at 60 and you couldn't remove him. So in 1960, we amended the constitution to move towards the UK model, where the Attorney General is the political appointee. So from 1963, we had Tanshi Abdul Qadir Yusuf was Attorney General. And then following that, we also had another AMNO MP who succeeded him as Attorney General. However, from 1980, we reverted to ha having uh, a career legal officer as the Attorney General. And that was Tanshi Abdul Talib Osman. However, what we never did was we never separated the, the Office of Public Prosecutor. We also never reinstated the security of tenure of the Attorney General. So the Attorney General to this day remains a political appointee. He can be appointed and he can be fired uh, at the whim of the Prime Minister of the day. And that's what's happened in recent years. So recently, Pase Gudang MP Hassan Abdul Karim raised the issue of splitting these roles of AG and public prosecutor. And this echoes calls by Bursay last year in a report, which, uh, which you wrote. So why is it crucial to split the offices of the Attorney General and public prosecutor? The most obvious example I can give you is, uh, is what happened in 2015. So in 2015, the, the police and the MACC sent up uh, information to the Attorney General that the, prime, the then Prime Minister, Najib Tun Razak, uh, was guilty of offences of corruption while in office. 
So the Attorney General apparently was going to lay charges against the Prime Minister. What then happened was the Prime Minister found out about it. He then sacked the Attorney General and then replaced him with someone else who was more amenable to the Prime Minister. So he escaped being prosecuted in 2015 because the Attorney General, legal advisor to the federal government, was also the same person who uh, was in charge of public prosecutions. Now, what's happened since then is that it took uh, another three years for the Malaysian electorate to decide to change the government of the day. And then what then happened was the new government appointed a new Attorney General and public prosecutor was Tommy Thomas, who then prosecuted Najib. And that's basically the most obvious example of why you cannot have a political appointee as the public prosecutor. And on that, you also spoke about political cases a bit earlier. Can you explain how this lack of separation has affected the country in the past? So the example of the 1MDB scandal is really the most most blatant of of these cases. But really, I think the, the issue of selective political prosecution it's known in Malay as the Duadarja phenomenon, is really something that has affected the country throughout since independence. Because every time that you have a government in power, they are tempted to use the criminal law, for example, the Sedition Act um, and other laws, to prosecute not only members of the opposition, but also members of civil society who are troublemakers in the eyes of the government. And they can do this because there is no independent prosecution authority. The head of the prosecution uh, service in Malaysia, the only person who is authorized by the constitution to initiate or to discontinue prosecutions, is the attorney general and public prosecutor, who is a political appointee. That's basically an issue that's been affecting the country pretty much since independence. So what impact will this have on the administration of justice? So I think the main aim of the split is to remove any possibility of political interference in the administration of justice. Because what we want in this country is to have a system where if you are guilty of an offence, you will go to jail, no matter if you know someone who is in power, no matter whether you belong to the governing party or the opposition parties. The criminal law needs to be administered impartially, without fear or favour. And unless we can do that, I don't think we can have the rule of law in this country. Because those who are in power will get away with doing whatever they want to do, whereas those who are not in power will be prosecuted, uh, and and not just uh, opposition politicians, but just ordinary people. And we've seen that, for example, uh, during the lockdown, during the COVID pandemic, when when ordinary people got fined 10,000 ringgit, whereas ministers only got fined 1,000, got compounded 1,000 ringgit. So this is the issue. We, We need to have impartial administration of justice without any political interference. Walk us through the process required for this separation to take place. The Attorney General is established uh, as a constitutional office under Article 145 of the Federal Constitution. So any change to the setup under Article 145, where he is also in charge of public prosecutions, needs a constitutional amendment. Now, during the Pakatan Harapan administration, it was in the Pakatan manifesto that they would separate the office of Attorney General and Public Prosecutor. And in 2019, actually, AMNO and PAS raised the issue in Parliament. Why has this not been done? Because at the time, AMNO and PAS also supported the separation of 
uh, attorney general and public prosecutor. So you had really a bipartisan, multi-party uh, agreement that this needs to be done. And I think the same holds today. All of the government parties and the opposition parties agree that this is something that needs to be done. However, it just hasn't been at the top of the priority list. So, Andrew, as we've referenced already, um, Bersi published a report last year called Reforming the Office of AG and the Judicial and Legal Service in Malaysia, which which you authored. Tell us about the recommendations. So, the main recommendation is obviously the the amendment of the constitution uh, to create a new office of public prosecutor that is separate from the Attorney General. Now, in our view, the government is entitled to choose whoever they want to be Attorney General. So they're entitled to choose someone who is within Parliament, who is outside Parliament, someone who is from the bar, or someone who is from the government legal service. That is their prerogative because um, any uh, client has the right to choose their legal advisor. We have no problem with that. However, the public prosecutor, because he fulfilled uh, an important constitutional role, which is the, the administration of the criminal justice system, he must be independent, drawn from the public service, and, well, whether he's drawn from the public service is, is one matter. But the most important thing is that he has security of tenure and that he cannot be dismissed uh, at the whim and fancy of the government in power. So he has security of tenure, for example, exactly the same as a, as a judge. So he holds office until retirement age unless he is removed for, by a tribunal for misconduct. So, so that is the main recommendation. In addition to that, we recommend that the judicial and legal service uh, be separated into two separate services, which would then handle the subordinate courts, in other words, the magistrates, the sessions court judges, and the court registrars on the one hand. And then the legal service would be the legal officers who are then would then be the lawyers basically working for the, for the government service. In addition to that, so then you would have uh, a legal service commission and a judicial service commission as well. And this is necessary in order to ensure that the legal officers and the uh, deputy public prosecutors uh, do not come under undue political influence. And the same applies to the members of the subordinate judiciary. Uh, in other words, the magistrates and sessions court judges. But they also have the security of being managed by uh, an independent judicial service commission. So this is how it was originally intended by the Constitution. Unfortunately, there have been amendments throughout the years that have reduced the independence of the uh, what is now the Judicial and Legal Service Commission. The report also took lessons from several other dem- democratic countries, including the UK, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Kenya. What lessons can we learn from these other countries? I think the main lesson to to draw is that most countries in the world have accepted the need for separation between uh, criminal prosecutions and the the government's legal advisor in the Attorney General. So different countries have done it in slightly different ways, but most countries have moved to a model where there is a separate director of public prosecutions, uh, or uh, in this country and in India, it's called the public prosecutor. And this is really something that's not really controversial. What we can learn from other countries is how they've done it. And there are quite a number of different models that we studied in our report. Some have a greater separation between the Attorney General and the DPP. Some have a lesser separation. But all of them have 
all of them recognize the need for some sort of separation and also for some sort of public accountability uh, of the uh, public prosecutor. So you mentioned this earlier, the fact that the report calls for the judicial and legal services to be separated and also each have its own commission. What does this mean? Yes, so um, at the moment, um, there is a single judicial and legal service uh, with a single judicial and legal service commission. So what happens uh, from, uh, if you are a legal officer uh, in government service is that one day you may be a junior uh, legal officer uh, in a ministry, the next day you may be a magistrate, and then your next job might be as a state legal advisor, uh, or you may be you might be made a session support judge. So there really is no separation between the subordinate judiciary and the attorney general's chambers. They, the the the, the officers who serve uh, in the attorney general's chambers, uh, the next month they may be sent to be a, a session squad judge. So this causes problems in that if you are a session squad judge, your boss is effectively the attorney general because your next posting will be determined by the, by the service commission and your promotions, your discipline, whether where you get transferred, all gets determined by the judicial and legal service commission. So there's no separation from the government legal service and the subordinate judiciary. And this is a problem because uh, according to the separation of powers, the executive and the judiciary should be should be separate. The judiciary should be independent of the executive. But that's not what we have at the moment. And what would you like to leave us with today? I think there is general consensus that we need to separate the Attorney General and the public prosecutor. Unfortunately, there has not up to now been the a sense of urgency about it. I think what we need to recognize in Malaysia is until we separate the government from the public prosecution system, um, we will never have a stable government because there will always be criminals who are trying to topple the government in order to influence how their cases are conducted. And that's really not how we, we need to proceed if we want a stable country and a stable government. Andrew, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Andrew Yong, a lawyer and also the author of a report called, I'm just going to get that name, uh, let's see, Reforming the Office of Attorney General and the Judicial and Legal Service in Malaysia. And that's what we've been talking about, this um, increasing call to separate the office of AG and public prosecutor. We'd like to hear from you. Would you like to see this happen? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have time for some messages. Let's start with Mizi, who says. Check and controls have always been practiced in corporate companies. It really came as an unpleasant surprise that it's not a prerequisite in a government post as important as the AG. Since this weakness has been highlighted, it should be rectified without any further delay. In fact, we should have ongoing rectific rectification and ensure that checks and controls are in place for a more ethical and fair nation. So this call for um, governance, uh, public governance to run more like corporations uh, actually is a fairly common one. And at least in this case, I think if you're talking about transparency, check and balance, accountability, yeah, there are actually a number of lessons that could be learned. The other thing that kept coming to mind as I was listening to Andrew earlier is that honestly, this seems like a little bit of a how is it we haven't already done it? Mm. Because there is so much uh, conflation of duties. Uh, and as we've seen um, in the case of 1MDB, for instance, we can we can see the impact of that. So uh, 
In general, conflation of duties is problematic, but I think it gets a lot worse when you are talking about a position that is the highest of its kind. So when there's a conflict of interest in a position in which, after that, there are very few other checks and balances beyond you in your conflated conflict of interest position, <laughs> uh, then it, it just gets a bit tough. Um, Lynette is saying, if the public prosecutor role is separated from that of the AG, how can we ensure that the public prosecutor cannot be bought? From my layman's perspective, it may be a double-edged sword, the operative word being political appointee. And Lynette, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I also wonder whether this is not a problem to do with the separation of roles, right? It's more to do with how do we ensure transparency and good governance across the board or a lack of corruptibility across the board. And in fact, actually, if we are worried about um, corruption, if we are worried about influence, separating those two roles would in, would be the way to go to at least mm. minimise uh, that both roles are not compromised and then we can have accountability for each. So anyway, keep those thoughts coming. Would you like to see the roles of AG and public, public prosecutor separated? You can call us, you can WhatsApp us, you can send us a voice note or tweet us only on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.